Welcome and good morning to this morning's service, the home edition. We're so happy and glad that you've joined us. And we really trust that these videos are impacting your life and changing you. In 2020, the craziest, most challenging year of them all. And um, we're just excited that we get to lead, we get to build and we get to grow and we get to learn new things um, even in this time. And I know God is doing amazing stuff in all of our lives. And, and with that being said, we want to pray for every person. If, if you don't have a job right now, man, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God does a miracle in your life and reveals His kindness. And, and also that as we progress and as we overcome through this year, that we will be growing and be set up for the next 10 years to, to, to continue establishing God's kingdom, to continue to see God's favor and grace in our lives in incredible ways and that really is my heart that's what I'm praying for our church for our body um, and for every person watching here may you grow from grace to grace glory to glory um, in God's power and so you know we've just been talking about supernatural gateways and and what it is is basically is that we allow ourselves or we allow God to be to work in our lives in a way that transforms our lives in, in a miraculous way and really that's what we need the whole world needs a miracle right now and we need to be able to go God will you do a miracle in our lives will you heal our bodies will you restore our finances and will you establish and secure our futures and that's that's what we're praying and so I just want to bless you with that just before uh, we get going I've got an incredible word. Before I get into that, I just want to say we're meeting as a church right now. We, we've got two services every single Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the church. And I guarantee you, and I promise you, it, I, I can't promise you, but I, I guarantee you we've done everything. Well, that's what I can promise you. I can promise you we've done everything we can to mitigate uh, any, so, any form of viral, viral danger, um, and so our church is nicely spaced out with a lot of ventilation um, and we've just been having a great time getting together. God is doing something new. And besides that, we get to have a moment of worship as well, which we're not able to do uh, on the video. We're going to end off today's video uh, with one of our worship videos uh, that Bernadine recorded during our hard lockdown periods. So just stay tuned for that um, as well. Um, yeah, so I want to invite you to, to those services. Um, if you're not here this week, come next week. The services are also shorter, um, so it's easier to manage your children as well. And um, there really just is something spectacular happening um, in our services. Um, if you're going to join, make sure you register via WhatsApp. We're putting the number up right now. Um, 
just save that number in your contacts as Oasis Revival Ministry. Contact us. Say, you want to come? This is how many people are coming. And, and then we can respond to you and, and put that in there. You're also welcome to just contact us at any time. If you have a prayer request, if you need something to pray, I will personally send you a voice note praying for you um, and, and just ministering to you. If, if you need a breakthrough or if you need encouragement or if you need any form of uplifting, please send that WhatsApp to that WhatsApp number so that we can also just contact you um, with regards to prayer and, and just encouraging. So what I want to talk about today, and we're going to dive straight in because we don't have a lot of time, um, and they're really, this, is a, this is a massive topic. It's a big topic, but I believe it's going to bring a lot of freedom uh, to a lot of um, areas. And, and basically, what I'm talking about today is the power and the wisdom of God. Um, our first gateway we spoke about was praise and thanksgiving. The second was the word. And today we're going to speak about God's power. And um, it, this really is, it's not just God's power. It's, it's you having power and freedom. And the question is, how do you have power and freedom when you don't have control? And there are two ways that people resort to or find freedom. Either they're going to fight for their freedom you know, think Braveheart with his blue face and, you know, and he's just fueled by righteous anger. And, and then there, there is the Holy Spirit and God. And, and we live in a world where we go to God for our freedom and he gives us that freedom supernaturally. And so I've made a process change in my heart in, in this time that I really can't make it with wisdom alone. But we can only make it, and Paul writes about it, he writes about it in, in 1 Corinthians, and we're going to read a lot out of 1 Corinthians. And this is just something God placed in my heart. Is you, we can't make it with wisdom. It doesn't matter how much godly wisdom we use, if we don't invite Him to act on our lives and demonstrate His power through us, we're not going to experience God's freedom. We're not going to experience joy and peace. We're not going to live good lives. And so... That's one of the ways we're we either going to live. We're going to live either out of you know, anger or we're going to live out of God's freedom, God's loving kindness in our lives. And so paradoxically, nothing steals your thunder more and nothing takes away more power than anger does. And I want to speak into anger. We're going to do a little bit of anger management today, if that's all right. And I just feel like this is a topic we need to address. It's a topic we need to speak about. And it's a topic that's going to bring freedom. Um, in today's environment, we're hearing a lot of angry voices. We're hearing a lot of and seeing a lot of people resort to anger in an attempt to establish freedom. And basically the Bible describes people who use anger to force their way into freedom. He describes them as people who set their teeth on edge. And the description of that is basically you make, if you resort to anger and you set your teeth on edge, all you basically do and the only power you actually have is you, you make people around you cringe. You know, it's like that teacher on a whiteboard and everyone's like, ah, you know, and that, that's, that's the only power real anger actually has. There, there really is no power in Anger and nothing steals your thunder, your power. Nothing steals your ability to have an effect 
more than anger does. So, how do we resort, what do we resort to in a time where maybe we do feel unfairly treated and in a time where maybe things aren't lining up the way we expected? Do we resort to anger or is there something else that we can resort to? You see, I, I believe God wants to act on our lives in a miraculous way. And every miracle from, from God demonstrates one thing. A miracle demonstrates God's loving kindness. If you're looking for a miracle in your finances, if you're looking for a miracle in your body, if you're trusting for health, if you're trusting God with regards to relationships, and you're, you're welcoming God to come and do a miracle in your life by faith, then what He will demonstrate is His loving kindness. And when we pray for people and we expect, when we trust God for miracles in other people's lives, it's always from a place of experiencing God's loving kindness. Even Jesus, He wouldn't allow people who had received the miracle from him, to point him out, to say it was Jesus who did it. What he most wanted was for that person's life to be touched by the loving kindness of the Father God. That's what scripture says. You know, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believed in Jesus will find everlasting life. And how do we experience his loving kindness? How do we how do we genuinely experience God's loving kindness when things don't make sense? When people have treated us unfairly? Maybe when, you know, if, if, we've, if we've lived a life that, that if we look back at it, we say, but I don't see God's kindness in that life. Well, how do we go forward and experience God's loving kindness without resorting to anger? Isaiah 11 verse 10 says, It shall be in that day, that the root of Jesse, and that, that's speaking about Jesus. So let's read that again. It shall be in that day that, that Jesus shall stand as a signal for the peoples. Of him shall the nations inquire and seek knowledge, and his dwelling shall be glory. And then the Amplified Bible expands that and it says that glory is an invitation. Uh, it, it's an invitation that pulls people upwards to experience God's glory. So literally, Jesus is standing as a signal in these days and he's inviting all the nations of the earth, all of them, every single nation with all of its problems to experience God's glory and to rise up out of the mire that they're in and to rise up and live lives that demonstrate God's loving kindness and his goodness. He, he doesn't stand you know, as a signal physically on the hill anymore. Jesus did. He was on the cross. He stood as a signal for an afternoon and then he was taken down. And that cross has remained as a signal for all of mankind. But it has no power unless that signal becomes alive in our hearts, until that signal lives inside of us. And so what happens is if he's alive in your heart, then when you experience a crisis or you experience someone treating you unfairly, you take that experience through Jesus Christ and He invites you up out of that situation to experience God's loving kindness. Psalms 72 verse 7 says, In Christ's days shall the uncompromisingly righteous flourish 
and peace will abound until there isn't a moon anymore. How do we flourish? What does it take to make a believer flourish? And what does it mean to be uncompromisingly righteous? We flourish because of a currency. God, if a believer in Christ, a believer who has this image of Jesus Christ imprinted on their heart, who takes everything through the cross, who takes everything. Listen, we, we say this, take it through the cross. Such an easy statement to make. But in reality, take every experience and process it not through your wisdom or through what you have in your mind, but process it through a real experience of the person of Jesus Christ alive in your heart. Take that experience and let Jesus handle it. And when you do that, you get given a superhuman strength or a supernatural ability. Or you step through a supernatural gateway that didn't seem to exist. And God gives you the ability to demonstrate God's love in that moment. And that moment is fueled by God's kindness. You see, the false power of anger is fueled by fear. The goal of anger. If someone demonstrates anger towards you, or if you are using anger as a tool, the goal of anger is always to make the other person hurry up and change for your or that person's convenience. It's a false power, but there is a real power, which is God's love, and that power is fueled by kindness. You see, what, the, what, what anger wants to do is it, it wants to force you to hurry up and change without having a heart-to-heart -heart experience. And basically, it's, it's fear. It's the fear of rejection that will drive you to act accordingly. If someone acts angrily towards you, there is this fear of rejection that says, if I don't change my behavior and I don't act quickly, I'm not going to have a relationship with this person. Or maybe you've used anger in that same way. Maybe not intentionally. Maybe you haven't gone, you know, I'm going to make this person afraid. But if you think about what anger is, that's what it is. The Bible says, be slow to anger, but quick to understand. Try and understand the other person's scenario before you press your scenario onto that. And, and basically, we approach anger with truth of the kingdom. And the kingdom has two basic truths. The first truth is there is no hurry in the kingdom of God. You'll notice now that, that, as the, you know, that if you're looking out over the world and if you're taking note of what's happening, the world really lurches from crisis to crisis. And there is always someone who is shouting about some or other new kind of crisis. But Jesus Christ remains the set standard. James talks about the fact that if you don't believe that you will receive his wisdom and his power, then you're going to lurch around from crisis to crisis. You're going to be tossed from one wave to the next wave, from one wave to... And basically, your behavior is going to change every single time you face a new crisis. 
I'm a drummer. I love to do things in tempo there, right? So <laughs> when, when, when you have Jesus and He's your standard and He is standing as a symbol in your heart and He's standing as a signal, you're not going to change for anyone because you're filled with the life of Christ. He is the high standard. I don't know um, if you've read the parable of the ten virgins. But in it, it speaks about the ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom. And then it says, and the bridegroom tarried. He didn't come when they expected. But those, I, I just, in the context of today's message, I see that as a, a parable of, of lives filled with God's kindness. Do you have enough kindness in store? To wait it out. Do you have enough kindness to endure what comes your way? Do you have enough kindness to endure what the person next to you does or says? The way they behave? Or is your vial short? Is your fuse short as they say? Are you going to explode at any moment? They were waiting for the bridegroom and Jesus says the kingdom of God is like ten virgins. Who waited for the bridegroom, but five of them came with extra oil. It has nothing to the, the parable has nothing to do with kindness. But when I read it, and I read it in the context of what I was speaking about, I just saw that God wants to give us vials and vials and vials, jars of oil filled with kindness. That when you're approached or when you're confronted with a really difficult situation, that you can tap into the oil of God's presence and you can demonstrate. God's kindness. The second point is in the kingdom. There is a difference between friendliness and kindness. And so many people think that as Christians, you need to be friendly to everyone. Let me just say that when you're friendly, (laughs) friendliness is basically when you change your demeanor to suit the other person. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog, if you've ran into a dog in the street and the dog's ears are up and it's maybe you know, growling a little bit and it's coming at you. And then just before it gets to you, its ears go flat and its tail is wagging. And, it, and then the first thing you say to the person next to you is, oh, this dog's actually friendly. See, we're not called to be friendly. You know, coincidentally, dog is God spelled backwards. We're not called to be friendly to the whole world. In fact, God actually says in James 4 verse 4, He says, if you're friends with the world, you're an enemy. Of me. What does that mean? It means we don't change our demeanor to suit someone that doesn't come from the kingdom. We respond instead in kindness. And the difference between friendliness and kindness is friendliness changes our demeanor so that we, so that we suit the other person's world. But kindness invites the other person up into our kingdom. We're not going to change, our, as, as believers, we don't change our values. We don't change our belief system. We don't change our, 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 our demeanor. We don't change the way we behave because we behave with the mind of Christ. We act like Jesus Christ because He is alive inside of our hearts. No amount of anger, no amount of whatever should make you change your behavior if you are filled with Christ. But your response in kindness is to invite that person up 
into your kingdom. That's why Jesus says he, or that's why, you know, John wrote about Jesus and, and, and he said Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world. He wasn't walking around smashing every person wherever they were, but he was always making an invitation for every person to come into his kingdom. When he met the Phoenician women, for instance, I, I, I read about Jesus meeting the Phoenician women at Tarsus. When she came for help, he said, I haven't come to serve you. But he wasn't on her because she was from a different race or from a different town or wasn't a Jew. It was because he was testing her belief system and making an invitation. But her response was, hey, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's laps. And then he says, your faith has yielded because he noticed in her a willingness and a desire to enter up into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. And he can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they're only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. And those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully and slowly and gracefully evaluate all things. And they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but of God. That's 1 Corinthians 2.14 and that's from the Passion Translation. You see, kindness invites the other person into your kingdom. And we don't break down your values and your positions to suit them. You invite them up into your world. How do we become more effective? And that's, I think, one of the biggest questions we face when we live in a broken world, when we live in an angry world. You know, when, we, when we're not supposed to be affected by the world, when, when there's not supposed to be a yeast that enters into the unleavened bread and, and changes the structure of the kingdom. How then, you know, because Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, I didn't, you know, when I said don't do, have anything to do with sinners, I, don't, I didn't mean remove yourself because then you're not going to spend time with the human world at all. So how then do we effectively invite others up into the kingdom? And he writes in, in 1 Corinthians 4.14, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation as well. He says, I'm, I'm not writing this to embarrass you or to shame you, but to correct you as children I love. For although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. And unfortunately, so many people have encountered believers who are set up as teachers instead of fathers. Now, there's a fivefold ministry and part of that is being a teacher, you know, um, but a teacher has to act with the father's heart. And today, you know, when, when someone wants to change you, they immediately become a teacher, you know, and so teachers of the world share their opinions. They have a lot of instructions. They have a lot of demands and reprimands and orders. And basically, they will do anything to get you to act in a way that resembles them, you know. Um, but they might not even, they might not themselves act or behave in, in the way they speak or in what they're saying. And, and yeah, Paul's saying, you have lots of teachers. You have thousands of teachers who are possibly, you know, telling you what you're doing wrong in Christ. And, and that's not the way we approach the world. We don't approach the world and tell the world what they're doing wrong. It's not effective. It doesn't work. 
We've noticed that. We've, we've seen that. When we go out and tell the world what they're doing wrong, all the world does is run, run, runs away from the light. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. No one hides the light. So if the church is being hidden by the world, then the church is probably not doing something right. And I speak on behalf of the church, as part of the church, as part of someone who loves the body of Christ and the bride and who wants to see the kingdom of God expand all over the earth. My question is, what are we doing wrong and how can we transform our demeanor, not to suit them, but how can we transform our lives to better represent the heart of God and His kindness? And the answer is, is that we have to become fathers. And the world has had a lot of teachers, but now is the time for the uprising of fathers. Fathers demonstrate power and the wonder and the truth of God by living out of the values of the kingdom that they themselves have deeply internalized and processed and allowed to become part of them. Nothing hurts more than having a father who doesn't behave like a father. But in, when a father has genuinely embraced the fullness of Jesus Christ, has genuinely internally processed the full nature of God and can demonstrate it, then God's kindness is revealed. And a father who can live in authority and a father who can live in truth and a father who can live in the fullness of the Spirit has greater power and greater freedom to invite more people up into his kingdom. In fact, the world will look at someone. That's why Jesus says, you are the light. He, he will, the world will be looking and saying, I want to get into your kingdom, not I don't want to be a part of your world. A father's act of kindness is to invite you into their world. And I... As I've just been processing this and thinking about this, I, I just can see how God is setting up the church for the greatest supernatural outpouring of kindness that the world has ever seen. Guys, we have a world that has so much pain. We have a world that is so hurt. And, and yes, we're not going to change or change our actions and demeanor to suit the world's anger. But we have to be listening and we have to be inviting those people up into the kingdom of God so that for the first time they can experience the goodness of God and for the first time they can see God's power at work even in their own lives. I want to pray for you. If you haven't experienced God's freedom, if, if you want to be invited up into this kingdom, then just take a moment right now. Put your hands out. Close your eyes. Say, God, Will you come and fill my life? Will you come and become a signal in my heart that, that radiates, that, that whenever I go through something, can, will you, Father, will you just radiate out of my heart so that I can process through your nature and not through my own wisdom and through the ways of the world? Father, I pray for every person watching this morning that you will bless them. Father, I pray for every believer, Lord, that you will increase the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that you will burn in their hearts, that you will teach them to be kind and to behave with kindness and the kind of kindness that invites people up into the goodness of your love and into the goodness of your kingdom. Lord, we see that you have prepared a home for us and that home is prepared in our hearts and that home 
is a place of safety and a place of power. And we invite every single person up into that place of safety and into your goodness. And we thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that you will do a miracle in every person's life right now. That they won't be tempted to resort to anger. That they won't be tempted to make decisions in a hurry and to rush things through. But they will allow God that they will that they will carefully consider every situation in light of Jesus Christ, in light of who you are. And so we thank you for that. Lord, we know that you love every single person watching this morning, that, that, that every person is your child, and that from the beginning of the ages until the end of time, you will always demonstrate your loving kindness, and that your miraculous power is, is demonstrated in kindness and, and not in control. And, and we thank you, Father, that where your spirit is, there is no fear, there is no bondage, and there is no control, but an invitation into your kindness and into your presence. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust you've been blessed by this video. We trust that, that God has been able just to speak to your hearts. And even as He has been ministering to me, honestly, when I prepare sermons, and when I preach His Word, I just experience the same life-transforming power in my heart. And I get so excited to go out and live what has just been spoken and what has been preached. And so I bless you with that. If you want to give and if you want to support this ministry, please go to www.revivalministry.co.za. If you need any more information about us, browse our website, contact us, WhatsApp us email us and we will get back to you um, if you also want to support us support us in sharing this video um, send this video to someone that you know is going to be blessed we trust you have an amazing sunday we look forward to spending more time with you next week here is a moment of worship with bernadine enjoy it So I